And welcome to Trading Places. I am Jericho, and this week I saw a streetcar. I'm Kieran Fusker, and I saw a tin named Bob. So, yeah, Kieran, we went to see a film based on a book based on a real cat. Did you have any previous experience with Bob prior to this? None whatsoever. Oh, you've been missing out, man. I've been I've been familiar with Bob for years. Once I think. once we pinned it down, I was like, I've not heard of this whatsoever, and I don't want to find out anything. So that when I go <laughs> in, I'm totally fresh. Yeah, I I I think I, it's it tends to be the approach to everything. With Bridget Jones, the lost episode, I watched all the films. You, you didn't did, know I anything. didn't. No. With the last one, we should I'd we should seen... clarify that that's like an episode that we will probably never release. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we'll just keep referring to it, keep tantalising the film. Sure. Episode zero. Um, oh, it was incredible, wasn't it? And the guests we got, like, tell you what, Colin Firth, he's a lot of fun. What a guy. Yeah. And then last week, with episode one slash two, I had read The Da Vinci Code, part of Angels and Demons, and I remembered The Da Vinci Code, whereas you had seen the first one in a weird childhood yeah. fever dream. Mm, yeah, I think when I, I think I was ill, so I probably <laughs> only half saw it. So you, you go into these with, with quite a lot behind it already. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm emotionally engaged with Bob, partly because I don't really like him all that much, but I guess we'll cover that. Whoa, um, whoa. I mean, I, I'll, I'll start off right away. I didn't have any problem with Bob. I was, but, well, there seems to be some, some antagonism here. I, was, Jericho, I was biased against him going into the film, and maybe it changed my opinion. Maybe it didn't. But anyway, I suppose we should. Uh, we haven't really said what we're doing with the podcast, I guess. Yeah, well, let, let's just nail down the, the full title of the film in, in case that intro. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> in case nobody knew what the fuck we were on about, which is quite possible. We've completely messed this up. Let's recap. Um, this is Jericho Reed. I am trading places. <laughs> Bob Streetcat. Um, yeah, okay, so um, this podcast is trading places wherein one of us sees the first half of a film. And then at the midway point, we switch over and the other person sees the remaining half of the film. And then we go back to Jericho's and we try and piece it together in this podcast. Exactly. And this week we saw a street cat named Bob. Do you remember the director? I don't. But apparently he did one in James Bond films. Yeah, yeah. I meant to look him up because I saw something about him the other day. And he directed like... I think it was Tomorrow Never Dies. You're right, yeah, yeah. it was, because Martin, Martin Campbell did GoldenEye, mm-hmm. and then it was one of the Pierce Brosnan ones, yeah. and it wasn't, it wasn't GoldenEye, or I, I don't think it was Worlds Not Enough. But so. is his name? I don't remember. I don't remember, but he has... Even though s- I, I, saw, I saw the credits, and <laughs> so, uh, that's, I sat all the way through those, as was my duty, uh, but I still don't remember his name. He has done something which is connected to this remotely, like he's done another movie about an animal or a homeless person or right, some real right. life, real life story. Was it Trainspotting? <laughs> no. It was, it was, yeah, that's what it was. Well, Danny, yeah. Danny Boyle's yeah, really Danny, dropped the ball here. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think it's an improvement. We can only hope that Trainspotting <laughs> 2 features a uh, lovable cat like Bob. And not a dead cat like in Trainspotting. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I, was, that's where I was expecting this to go. I mean, oh, it's, we could have had that. See, I guess that's what... Eating sick. 
or is that what happened? Something that, like that, yeah. That's <laughs> what you. That's what you are missing out on, I guess, or not missing. That's what you gain from the experience in not knowing the not knowing the real life story. Whereas I seen the street cat Bob doing book signings, <laughs> so I was like, oh, unfortunately, I know he gets out of this alive. There's no suspense in this. Um, no, no, there wasn't. It was uh, quite weird. Like, just before we really dig into the first half and whatever, for for a twelve A, it was quite strange. There was there was quite a few kids in the screen. And, oh uh, it was, yeah, it was a heavy topic, but done sort of safely. Yeah, it was quite a quite a strange. It mix. was a very uh-huh. he was a very sanitized drug addict. Yeah, wasn't he? it was a pretty and so yeah, I do have questions of that, but I guess we'll save that for the for when I'm talking about the second half, I suppose. Yeah, I had a similar experience because I went in and there were loads of kids and mums sort of talking about like, oh, the cat's really cute, oh, this is going to be great, isn't it? And I think I saw on the poster, is this like a Children in Need movie? Is it? All right. It might be, but I might be making that up. You know how occasionally they have films that are like connected to comic relief for Children in Need where like Mm -hmm. a minor percentage. I didn't see anything in the credits. Yeah. But then again, I wasn't paying too much too much attention. Well, when you were seeing the film, I was sitting in the corner staring at a poster for the movie for <laughs> an hour, and I don't remember seeing anything on the poster, so maybe I've just created this. I think you have. I think I have. Or maybe uh, maybe we're just trying to work in our new sponsors, Children in Need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, Children that, in Need have very kindly donated a large amount of money to both Kieran and me, who are children. Free Sunny World in cards, need. Yeah. Know, just popcorn. Terry Wogan came time. and delivered us money. Is Terry Wogan dead? Did he die? How did they know? Too many people died this year, so let's just, yeah, let's just say he has. He's either been died or he's been named by Operation U Tree or something. There's been some Terry Wogan related. Is he the president of the United States of America? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Terry Wogan elected to the Oval Office. The Terry Wogan. Um, yeah, because I think there was a scandal where he was getting paid a load of money to all his children in need, and then he got kicked off and they replaced him with Graham Norton, and I believe he might have died. But anyway, it feels like something that we should probably know. We should know who directed the film. We should know is Terry Wogan alive? Especially since Children in Need are giving us all that money. Yeah, yeah. it's the least we could do. Least really. we could do. But funnily enough, the film actually starts with a weird little sponsorship thing. It starts with an ad for cat food, with a ginger cat that looks a little bit like Bob. So that was weird. It's like before the BBFC certificate and everything. It was just Sydney World. Like sort of lights go down. They play the last ad. The sort of copyright things and so on. And then you get a brief 10 second ad for cat food and then the film starts so i don't know like a drug addiction helpline it's all about it's all about the cat it's all about bob yeah Yeah. well we'll cover this later on but like the film is called a street cat named bob not Mm. a homeless worthless drug addict called james but yeah so there's lots of film things going on with this film i don't know if it's trying to sell us cat food if it's trying to get us to help drug addicts to to help children Mm. that's it (laughs) pick some up on the way home Anyway, so the film starts on a wide shot of Covent Garden, which is weird because James the busker, who we, the, the, he's our protagonist, or is he our protagonist? Maybe Bob's protagonist. The human protagonist. We're buying for that screen space, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah it's like it's, a classic Robert the, you, Redford, you can, you can Paul sense, Newman. You right. can sense the antagonism underneath it. There must have been a great feud in the background. Yeah. Bob must have paid a ton of money. Well, the thing that interests me is I found out a while ago, I, I guess you've you've seen the credits so you'll know, but Bob actually plays himself. No, well, yes and no. Yeah. I, I took a note of this because I specifically wanted to mention it. Uh-huh. Bob is played by no less than seven cats, I, I including, knew, including himself. 
I knew there would have to be seven cats because Lewin Davis, a far greater movie. I knew that would come at some point. I knew we were getting Lewin Davis. It is the elephant in the room. Lewin Davis, they had umpteen million cats for that. And I was watching this being like, either Bob is the Marlon Brando of cats or he isn't doing all the work here. Um, <laughs> he just had someone come in and do all the work for him. Because, um, I mean, there's a limit. To, sometimes you'll need an eating cat, sometimes you'll need a running cat. Can one cat do both jobs? I very much doubt that. Well, then I'm wondering, there can't be too many ginger cats in the cinema industry if any of them crossed over between this production and Lou Davis. Lou and Davis, yeah, yeah, probably. And Gone Girl, he has a ginger cat. That's like, right. There, I'm probably forgetting them, but there are lots of ginger cats. Alien going all the way back, but I'm pretty what sure was that, was that Jinx? Jonesy. Jonesy. But Jonesy. I'm pretty sure Jonesy's long dead. <laughs> <laughs> rest, rest in peace, Jonesy. I love how this is the the Coppola the Coppola legacy, whereas Jonesy's offspring have gone on to just dominate Hollywood. <laughs> Whenever there's a ginger cat, it's a relative of Jonesy. That all links back to Jonesy. Yeah. yeah. So the thing about Bob is Bob at least gets a chance at playing himself. Whereas the guy who played the, the real James, not a shot. He's, I, I imagine he probably went in for the edition like, you know, I actually lived this, so maybe maybe I could I could probably represent how tough it was. And there's like, no, sorry, looked right away. <laughs> Hang on, wait, that cat you came in with. I like mm, the look at him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So it opens on Covent Garden and Homeless Man is singing a song. Beautiful evening, beautiful people on a beautiful day, going to work now in a beautiful way. Oh, how beautiful. Yeah, well, that's just like... That's... Beautiful! <laughs> uh, it's not just too much singing. I was going to say, like, I'm hoping this will be a recurring feature and we'll have Keenan sings <laughs> oh, in every episode. Oh, Sorry, tell yourself down now. Yeah, so that's the that's the main song is... Uh, not the main song, that's the main lyrics to the song, but he also blabbles on about, like, I'm beautiful in my own way, da-da-da, da-da-da, you're beautiful, beautiful lady, beautiful man, beautiful... Tuesday, beautiful, beautiful, beautifulness. Yeah. So have you have, have you seen Frank? Yep. You know when Donald Gleason's writing the writing the song and he's like, "Lady in the red coat, what you doing with that bag?" Yep. It's exactly like oh, that. Right, okay. He's a god awful songwriter. So he's just writing boy sees in a minute and not. He's just sort of babbling about yeah. things being wow. beautiful, like beautiful lava lamp. On a beautiful tray, it's a beautiful day. What do you say? I say you're beautiful. Beautiful pencil on my desk. <laughs> I really think if I saw this whole film, I would have really hated it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that was one of my one of my questions. Uh, not not one not a pressing question, but I was mildly curious. Are are these meant to be good songs? Because this was sort of layered over layered over the top. And the guy from No One the Whale wrote all the music, didn't he? Did he? Uh, yeah, I, I believe so. I could okay. be wrong. But it's one of those... Like, Again, this sub... is probably in the credits. Uh, yeah. I've not it, paid attention. It, it, it's one of those like sub-Mumford and Son type folksy yeah. kind of guys. And I don't know if we're meant to think these songs are good and want to buy the soundtrack or if we're meant to be like, you know what? This is actually the kind of thing that like a homeless drug addict would write. I think I think they thought this film was going to be like a huge surprise hit. Yeah. And that 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 would be the thing that would happen is that people would go out and buy the soundtrack and all the rest of it, and it would be like this British box office smash. It it's like a happens. full Monty, but yeah. with a cat and then yeah. keeps her clothes on. So I think 
despite how generic the songs are, I think they were. we were supposed to think that they were genuinely good, yeah. That was my gut feeling, because there's a bit where uh, James, before he finds Bob, he's trying, buy, he's trying to buy like a meal from some guy in a chip shop or something, and he, he, the guy, he's 9p short, and the guy won't give him his meal, and he's like, oh, come on, Maybe. mate, oh, I'll, I'll write you a song. And he sings... Like, he, fuck it, just have, just have the chips. He writes a song... <laughs> He improves a song on the spot called There Once Was a Man Who Let Me Off 9P and it's so <laughs> comically bad and riffed. But it's better than the Beautiful Day song. Oh, right. Like It's a rubbish song that you wouldn't... It's like this song is worth less than 9P. It's better than the one that, is, that, that goes over the opening. That is a <laughs> that's, that's my theory anyway. So we get at the start, we get lots of shots of dogs and lots of shots of homeless people. We work out that James is a drug addict. He has a friend who pushes drugs on him. There's a mysterious drug dealer referred to as D. James and his friend get high in someone's car. Is that Baz? It might be Baz. I don't, right, know, okay. if we, I don't know if we got the name. Or I didn't get the name anyway. James overdoses in this car. The guy then comes back. And of course it's all in London's West End because they're homeless people who... Love the theatre. So they're outside the theatre that plays the movement in black or something, and they're just sitting overdosed in, in broad daylight. And the guy comes along, and he's getting a ticket, and he's like, hey, what are these two junkies doing past out in my car? Anyway, that's one of the weirdest sanitised moments of drug addiction that we have in this film. One of the weirdest, most sanitised drug addiction things in cinema. Yeah. So James's counsellor then goes on about how, uh, oh... He could die. He could seriously die. He could die? Yeah, he could die. He could like, die? This is bad, yeah. If he this happens die. again, he could, he could die. Oh, man. If it's, the stakes are high here. James could die. James could die? James might die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, I don't want to alarm you, Kieran, but there is a possibility... Don't tell me. ...that James may not survive. Oh, um, humanity. Um, it's inhumane. Um, humanity is a hearing. Um, so... We then get, we've had lots of shots of dogs and we've got lots of shots of homeless people while James sings. And I think this is one of the weird, the weird sort of politics or message of the film is that James is special and he's different. So you see like all these homeless people lying in gutters and just really depressed, lying around not doing anything while we see James singing. And then you get. How long like, does this go on for? Like, when does the plot actually kick in? It sounds like there's quite a lot of just. Oh, there's singing. like there's a there's a bit of a preamble before he meets Bob, and uh, like he sings a lot before he meets Bob, and then he meets Bob and doesn't do that much singing. And he stops singing. So Bob's like, Bob's, Bob's the Yoko Ono of James's career. <laughs> Bob's stunted his creativity. Just <laughs> <Bob> comes on. <laughs> um, and then so the the politics of the film, I think, is. It's mentioned where the woman who says he could die also then says, oh, he's special, he's different or something, which kind of suggests that there's this weird sort of manifest destiny kind of like under undercurrent to the film where it's like, you know what, James works on himself. He has a gift for writing terrible songs about how beautiful the world is. These other homeless people, they're worthless wastes of space, whereas James is something more. And James is something more, and that's why... The media will rescue him. Exactly. Like, James <laughs> is worthwhile. And, and in fact, she actually says something like, 
oh, because she's trying to get my house. That's what she's doing. Right. She's trying to get like, accommodation, and she's like, oh, he's 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 worthwhile. I swear, he's just OD'd. But I swear, like one day, one day he'll write a book about this. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the case? And I'll probably be a weird composite character. <laughs> I probably won't actually exist in reality. But anyway, so he gets this. He gets this accommodation and he's living next door to a dog walker could get let more yet more sort of symbolism here with homeless people dogs just all over the place inhumanities and like, inhumane yeah yes. i mean in a way aren't we all dogs and our cats i haven't quite worked out i can't, haven't quite worked out where the analogy goes i wasn't, I wasn't even trying uh, <laughs> i just i didn't go in with any analogies i was just like right we're in let's see how this ends I wasn't looking for any analogy. I was. I don't really look for much uh, sort of technical stuff. I don't. Maybe I should. I just couldn't be bothered. I I learned and I immediately went. I don't know if there's if there's going to be much value looking for technical, technical aspects of the film. I that, didn't, that might be really insulting to the cinematographer, but I don't know. I kind of like switched off as well, I guess. But there was a moment. There was a, a five minute. A five minute spell in my hour hour engagement with the film where I was looking at technical stuff. Which was I'm not impressed with the set of James's new place, because it's pretty big for a one man drug addict bedsit kind of thing, and you can tell it's a sort of nice place made up to look like a complete pit. A hovel. Oh. Yeah, and then they emphasise that where they have a wide shot of him sitting in his massive living room, as your London massive. You've got a huge so, living room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're here on your own. And they're just hammering this home. Where I don't think I think James is probably doing a lot better than a lot of people I know who live in very small, very small flats. Maybe this is the thing where, like, with I, Daniel Blake, and everyone's went, oh, or all the critics and people who don't like it went, oh, it's not a true portrayal, and so they think that this sort of thing, <laughs> this sort of thing, is the true portrayal. Like they all have big, comfy living rooms. Yeah, because we've got the woman in I, Daniel Blake. Who's oh, I had to move up here because there's no places in London for a yeah. woman like me. Because they're all going to James. <laughs> because James took her fucking house. And one, ma- one man is living in a place that could easily fit her and her two kids. Wow, I didn't know that uh, the street cat named Bob was a prequel to I, Daniel Blake. I, there was actually, there's a lot of connective tissue between the two. Oh, one of which yeah. is uh, he walks in front of a wall with a slogan written on it. But anyway, so we should get to Bob's entry. Where Bob arrives and he breaks in and he steals some cornflakes. And this oh, is bastard. coming in the five minutes where I was looking at things like this in the film. There's a lot of POV shots from Bob. Yeah, we get that. That's, I assume that would be like an undercurrent. But we also get a POV shot of the box of cornflakes as Bob's thrusting his head into it. So it looks like Bob's eating the audience. Like, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's like Godzilla or something. It's like Bob filling the screen, thrusting his head into this box of cornflakes. So it's the cornflakes POV. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. This is <laughs> like Hankarama all over again. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got Bob, I had that Bob, note Bob. Bob. Yeah, yeah Bob Cam Hankarama. And cornflakes Cam as well. Oh yeah, so we have his neighbour who uh, who uh, has dogs. There's a chihuahua at one point. Is there a dog cam? No, no, no. no. So it's, it's the inequality inherent in the system right here. Yeah. We get the cat, get the cat POV, but not the dog. It's a, it's a kite cat world. Yeah, uh, James bumps into his dad and his dad's uh, new wife Hillary. Uh, James dog. invites himself for Christmas, and James's dad says, "No, you can't come for." Or rather, Hillary says that James can't come for Christmas, and they say maybe New Year's. So the recovering drug addict were like, 
No, you can't come Christmas, you know, the one that's like sort of like about family togetherness and a hard time. The one that's about getting smashed out of your gut. <laughs> yeah, recovering drug addict. <laughs> come come on, to that yeah. one, yeah, of it course. Will. We'll have a great time. Have a party, we'll stay up all night. Does this, uh, does this conversation take place in the hallway of the house? No, this takes right. place on the street. Okay, because every other time that they appear is just basically Anthony Head standing in the doorway stammering. That's all he seems to have done in this one. No, well, he's stammering in the street here because James is busking and then he gets moved on and then he catches his dad. He just bumps into him. Yeah, yeah, you get that sort of thing. And then Anthony Head goes, oh, it's... it's, uh, Hello, uh, no, no, you can't... Yeah. As he seems to have done that every. That's just what he was here to do. Yeah. Stammer about. Neither of them are surprised. They, they It's just, oh, hello, son. They just sort of mm. react and neither of them... That, this is their relationship. They bump into each other, they stammer and... Anyway, I was going to say, do we do we know what works out with... Where's, where's James from? Is he, he, James is from Australia, but is his dad not meant to also be Australian? I not, don't know. Not covered in my part. They, they loosely cover it here where he's like, oh, like my parents like moved to Australia and then my dad got divorced and my mum and then I came here and then this and that. But it's never satisfactory, and then James is doing his weird Australian kind of accent. Really? Didn't, I did not get any sense that he was Australian. There was no mention. You don't get it. He's like, no. oh, come on, Bob. You've gone and done that. My conflicts are all over the floor. There's a sort of mild... No. There's maybe, a bit... maybe they just forgot about that. And that but right, <laughs> can't be bothered with this anymore. Because, you know, they shoot all films chronologically, so uh, they just obviously decided to drop that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's, that's disappointing. So we have Bob's neighbour, Bob's neighbour, I guess James' neighbour, James and Bob's neighbour, who's this insufferable... The, can king. we call them Jambo? Can we ship them? Jimbo, we can have Jambo or Jambo. Jambo, Jambo, that's the shipping name. <laughs> yeah, so Jambo are living next door to uh, an insufferable hippie cook who's called Betty. And right, yeah. She comes out with all kinds of all kinds of rubbish. She's the dog walker. Is she a dog walker? She might not be. She's allergic to animals. And then she goes on and on about how she's vegan. She's a level three vegan and she's <laughs> level um, three? Like, What's level Oh, level, level four, four. Sorry, um, I I don't. Oh, she's like I'm a level four vegan. I no, wait, know. I I'm not. I'm not trying to correct you. I'm trying to wonder what are the levels of veganism? Is it like Scientology? Or? It's it's a little bit like that. Like I I I've only ever heard it like referred to as a joke in like Scott Pilgrim kind of world where it's like I'm level five. That means I can fly. <laughs> where she's like I'm level four. I don't eat anything that casts a shadow, which I've never understood because anything physical casts a shadow. So. What? She must be joking. What can she... I've heard that same thing said in The Simpsons. So right, I'm assuming okay. this must be a joke. I th- I, you, were, you were making me think there was actually a vegan scale then. Well, it's it's one of those things that probably started out as a joke and has now moved over into reality. And hey-ho, Donald Trump is president. <laughs> it's all gone a bit too far. It has. Uh, <laughs> uh, any vegans, please feel free to get in touch. Clear things up for us, yeah, please. That would much appreciated. Level two vegans are higher. Don't waste our time with your level one. Get out. We don't want to hear from you. Go away with your phaetons. Bob's all Bob's all beaten up, and the Betty, the insufferable hippie cook, is a vet. So she sends James off the vet. He gets Bob all stitched up. He pays for Bob's pills with money that his dad gave him. Um, Bob's pills is Bob on heroin as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does that is that another thread that's dropped? Yeah, Bob's Bob's on heroin. Junkie scum. Uh, this this might interest you. Bob names himself because the hippie cook can uh, can understand Bob. Despite being allergic to him. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and I wish we could hear Bob speak, because we only that hear James speak. 
And everything James says is kind of insufferable. He spends all the time talking I'll to Bob. And it's just, it's just obnoxious. It's, it's a one-sided relationship, this, this whole Jambo thing. Yeah, it's, it's the jam. There's a lot more jam than a lot more bow. Yeah, but oddly enough, bow is the thing that people care about, because we then get James takes Bob along busking, and and wears him as a scarf. Yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> that's all. That's all we got for. He's just it's fucking cold and he's just, just a prop. Yeah, it's <laughs> to make it's to make James interesting, and everyone, everyone loves yep, Bob. Yeah, like you would think they well. have never seen a cat before. <laughs> I, I remember I, I, I remember I was on Wall Street once, which uh, a story for another time, and I saw a man wearing a cat on his head. And the cat was sort of perched upright. David Crockett. Yeah. He was just walking around with this cat on the lead in his head. And I sneakily took a photo of him from far away, but I was like, I didn't want to bother him or make a big deal out of it. Whereas this guy just has a cat, like, perched everyone's on his back. Up. Yeah. And everyone's coming up with chicken videos. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so... um. Bob, uh, James, like, oh, that's what it is. They, they, they walk past the theatre for The Lion King and James promises Bob that he's going to get his name in lights one day because, you know, foreshadowing. And there's a lot of parallels between Bob and That'll make a lot of sense. It's just a neon sign, Bob. That's, he's not promising much to be <laughs> lights. That could, could be anything. Christmas lights, fairy lights. <laughs> um, I'll take you past the theatre that's doing a Bob the Builder show <laughs> and I'll just tell them it is for you. I, d- um, I did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore the builder. He, he can. He, Bob can speak, but fortunately he can't read. So we, uh, James, James says, while everyone's going nuts for Bob, he says, I've been demoted to sidekick, which is probably the best summation <laughs> of the film. Little do you know, James, one day they will make a film about this and Bob will be the title character and you'll be his handler. But yeah, everyone goes nuts for Bob, including this crazy cat lady. I, I really hope she's in the second half. I don't think so. I, I hate to disappoint oh, you. No. There's a crazy cat lady who flirts with flirts with James and she goes on she has some like crazy thing about how gingers have wills like iron and she gives Bob presents and it's it's really disturbing. Anyway, that's where I end. They're busking on the street, things are going pretty well. And then just as things are going well for old James and Bob, I had to leave. So I do have I do have a couple of questions here that I want to ask you. Knock them out, and then we'll move on. I guess this might be covered in your in your section, but he writes a song about Bob, doesn't he? In fact, I'm not sure he does. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough, but he seems to just continue singing about random shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's ever one that's specifically dedicated to Bob. I thought Bob was going to be a real news for him. I, I would almost have bet my house on there being, uh, oh, he's my cat, he's my best friend, that furry little thing, he sits on my head. It is possible that I missed that's it, but I think I would have remembered something like this. I don't think there's anything specifically dedicated oh, well, to, that... wee, to wee Bob. Congra- <laughs> congratulations. Congratulations, film. You have boxed me once again. It's, it's just a... It's just, uh, Conflict again between who's the lead character. It's, uh... It could be, yeah. Maybe maybe Bob writes a song about James. <laughs> My other question is he he he's warned by his uh, sponsor woman that he shouldn't have any emotions because they're bad for addicts and he shouldn't have a relationship with Betty because he's not ready for that. And he hasn't told Betty he's homeless. She thinks he's a musician and he almost lets it slip. And that was another part is, that's going to, I guess you'll explain, but that's going to get blown, isn't it? 
the relationship? No, oh, the whole, homeless. She doesn't know he's homeless. What, what's he living in? I thought he's living in a home. No, yeah. he, he, it's like oh, te- is it temporary accommodation? He, is this? A- but yeah, yeah. I guess I mean I guess I use it's it's what is it? Uh, it's mud. It's mud. Why am I referencing so many films here? Where it's like, well, you can call me uh, what's it? Uh, you can call me a hobo because hobo work for a living. You can call me homeless because well, technically I am. But if you call me a bum and we got a problem on our hands, I'm very so bad at the distinction of bum, homeless, and hobo. <laughs> And James is certainly, maybe even two out of three. But Betty thinks that he's like a big star session musician. Um, well, uh, I don't know if there's a huge big reveal. or Maybe it's just a sort of general understanding that he's, <laughs> he's obviously not. They have, they, have, they, have, they have somewhat of a relationship, but it never really, it doesn't actually really go anywhere. Okay, I thought the film might, I, I didn't necessarily think the film would lead us down no, that alley no because big, of the obvious no jimbo, jambo shipping. Really. Yeah, that would be a bit too... A bit, a bit too much, and obviously Jambo were made for each other. There's nothing going to split up that relationship. Probably, and it would also be a lie because I'm imagining the homeless man would be like, "Hang on, wait, I didn't get in a relationship <laughs> with, the, with the woman that lived next door to me." But yeah, we also have we have. Uh, does the mouse come back? The mouse comes back. That's good. There's mouse a real Tom back. and Jerry antagonist. It's pretty Tom and Tom and Jerry, but like comes back very briefly and then uh, James just slams a copy of quite tellingly All Mice and Men over the mouse oh, hole that's, no. that's what happens he does that he props yep. he, he closes the mouse hole it's put to bed with a don't come back yep. close but you never see what the book is but my final my final question is is this film an allegory for Trumpism because we have an orange populist cat who everyone loves. We have Crooked Hillary, Crooked James's Hillary. stepmom, who's always trying to stop him doing things. And the wall, <laughs> there's like, he walks past a wall and it's, it's vandalized with like your wall or our wall or something. So we've got an orange populist, Hillary, and a wall. I think this movie. Who paid for that wall? <laughs> Did Mexico pay for that wall? We're going to build a wall and the mouse <laughs> are going to pay for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So that's my Is question. it an allegory? That is not something I can straightforwardly answer. And it's actually not something that you even thought about when I was watching it. Ah, so well. I hate to disappoint you. We can discuss it more in the second half if you want. But I have to say, Trumpism was not at the forefront of my mind when watching this. Okay. Well, you've disappointed me in all fronts here. So I don't, Yet again. Yet I, again. I don't really know if I want to stick around for your half. Okay. I'll just, I'll just speak to myself. There seems to be half. precious little left in this film for me. But I suppose I will sit here and listen to what happened in the second half of the film. Welcome back to the second half of Trading Places. We're going to talk about the second half now of the masterpiece as a street cat named Bob. Thank you, Jericho, for the, the first half. You're welcome. Oh, well, I, I suppose I suppose I contributed somewhat, so thank you to me as well. And thank you, thank to, you to Kieran. And thank you to Bagel Mania, uh, our lovely sponsors. Thank uh, you to our sponsors, Bagel Mania. Bagel Mania, Children in Need. Who else have we got? Is that, <laughs> is that it so far? Jambo, uh, are they sponsors? Uh, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Operation Utree. <laughs> If you Make want, want 70s <laughs> television stars investigated, they're the operation to go for. That's exactly the one. Anyway, let's uh, get into this. It seems to it seems as though things were going quite okay for Jambo when you left. But yeah, I have to tell you that as soon as I got into the screen, everything was kicking off. Oh, Baz, yeah. Baz, was, Baz died, whoever the fuck he was. I had that written. That was going to be one of my questions, but I forgot. Baz... He's, Baz, he's basically dead when he last sees Baz, James. Yeah, Baz ODs, uh, and he's taken away an ambulance and all the rest of it. Because drugs have consequences, not for protagonists, nope, but for side characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Jambo are fine. 
and they got on for quite a bit. And the, the first thing that really struck me about the second half was how there'll be, uh, I think it was probably in a conversation between James and Betty. Uh, yeah. And because I hadn't seen any of the film at all whatsoever, they were having random conversations and it was all shot normally. And then you get these random cuts to the cat and I'm like, I cannot establish what tone this is going for when it keeps, there's like these serious discussions. Baz has just died and they're cutting, <laughs> and, and they're cutting to the, the cat. Baz's funeral, I've seen. There is, be. there is no Baz's funeral. I mean, they yeah, don't of course, they're homeless. Yeah. They're over in a hole. Yeah, they don't, they don't get funerals. <laughs> no. oh, do you know, he actually, he actually got a state funeral. Oh. He, was, he was Margaret Thatcher's son in disguise. See, again, yeah. Reagan, Thatcher, Trump, Theresa May, and all, it's all one together. piece of hope. But, in, the, in these uh, cuts to the cat... Did Wogan get a state funeral? Will he get one? <laughs> we could have looked this up during the break, I guess. Uh, yeah. Schrodinger's Wogan, where he's both alive <laughs> and dead until we Google. But in the, um, when it keep, keeps cutting to the cat, it looks like Bob just doesn't want to be there. He looks yeah. like he wants to be somewhere else. He's, yeah. James is doing another acoustic number in his living room, <laughs> and it keeps, it, keeps, it keeps cutting back to... To Bob, and he just he looks like he wants to die. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to whatsoever. And it's it's I think he's I think he's he's kept him and he's holding him hostage because he keeps the cat on a leash, right? Yeah, yeah he gets him on a leash. He has him castrated against Bob's will. Does he? And then he, oh, right. yeah, That's he nice. refuses to let Betty mention the c word, but then he gloats over him, being like, "Oh yeah, mate. Well, you find out you've got no bits." You're going to be mad as a frog in a sock, mate. I can't. This, this whole Australian thing still doing my nothing because he did not send Australian. You need to go back to and watch it. I really don't, but uh, <laughs> I think I'll pass. Yeah, it really does seem like he's keeping him prisoner. Bob, I, I think this is quite an unhappy relationship. This, this whole jambo thing. I'm not sure. How, I'm not sure if it's got the legs. But uh, I don't want to come across as a weirdo who gets probably revealing too much of my personality that I have to relate everything to film, but. And it's now reached the point where I have to relate films to other films. But it does sound a little bit like Room. When Bob, <laughs> Bob's just like kept, kept in the box. Well, this guy just profits off them. And continuing on with that, the cat does eventually run off. He's busking and then the cat, there's a whole bunch of people surrounding him again. The whole selfie, the whole selfie crew. <sighs> and an and old man, and amongst all the madness and the dogs. Boo, Bob, what are we going to call him? Bo, Bob, Bob, we'll go Bob, for Bob. Bob runs off. And, and he sad. jumps in the back of a pickup and truck. He's all sad, yeah, and he, he goes off to Nebraska and uh, works, <laughs> works on the railroads. <laughs> Terence Malick is shooting the sequel of Tears Week at Bob as we speak. Finally, we're going to get inside Bob's head with the voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> that would be absolutely beautiful. I can't wait to see it. Sadly, though, probably not going to happen. But as we continue on with the plot here how much is I wanted to ask like, how much is the whole he goes to does he go to like kind of drug addiction meetings and what or no, he gets, he gets no. Count, no? Okay. he meets his counsellor yeah once or twice That's uh, that plays a bigger part in the second half because he comes off the methadone eventually oh uh, and then I was just waiting like for the train spotting sequence <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like ah and then the whole the whole baby on the wall it would be like Bob on the wall Bob's climbing yeah. up Bob's climbing up to see him and he turns his head falls and claws his face <laughs> Sadly, though, we didn't get that, and pretty much does manage to come off the methadone. But it's like again, it's so safe. There's no yeah, it's the whole manifest destiny of the people. Mm-hmm. Who, the people who are on drugs just don't want to be off them enough. Yeah, um, it's it, it really does have a weird sort of attitude to drugs. The film, like just like in the sense of being a twelve A, that it has to be sort of sanitized, but there still has to be a bit of an edge to it. It was a sort of like trade off between the safe and the stark because there was the whole sort of. He's coming off the methadone and he's like struggling and oh. all the rest of it. So there is a sort of like 
sense of disorientation about it, like, oh, he's going for a real struggle here. But it was sort of vanilla. Yeah. The way it was done, there was nothing particularly edgy to it. It was just a wee bit, oh, the editings went a bit crazy and the camera angles are a bit canted. So <laughs> it was nothing too frightening. It really is such a, a weird film for 12 and that's that's why I think, like, this children need thing, you could be onto something. It's supposed to be an aspiring story or something like this. Yeah. And it's, it really is such a weird mix. I just could not get, get a grip of it for the entirety of what I saw. We'll look it up and we'll <laughs> come back to you with the next episode. <laughs> oh, with a conclusive answer, is Terry Wogan live or dead? Is a street cat named Bob affiliated to children in need? <laughs> because that would certainly explain the sanitised weird version we get. Because I think you can kind of chart James based on his hair. Because at the start when he's... Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> at the start when he's hardcore on heroin, he his hair is sort of really greasy and greasy sort of and messy wild, and yeah. crazy. And then he gets his life together and there's a shot where he's contrasted with Baz, is it? Baz comes up to I him. never saw Baz. Never oh, saw you never saw Baz? I think I saw him getting carried into the ambulance and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Baz comes up to James and asks for money and Baz looks like a corpse. <laughs> And James looks like Jesus. <laughs> like, he could be like a halo on his head, floating along here. And James has just had his first day busking with Bob, and he's now essentially a millionaire. He's yep. painting his flat. Well, he's I mean, buying like a religious fulfillment. Yeah. yeah. And Baz comes in and goes, Mate, he's money. I'm talking tur- for food. <laughs> and he's like, It is for food, isn't it? And then it's like Lobo reaching for the ring. <laughs> James like almost snatches the money out of out, Baz almost snatches the money out of James's hand, and James like, whoa, whoa, this is for food, right? He's like, yeah, it's, it's for food. <laughs> and this happened thirty seconds before I had to leave. So ultimately, the difference between a junkie and a recovering addict is strained hair. Yeah, strained <laughs> hair. That's a that's what we can put. Mate, that, that's the get yourself message. a cat. Get yourself a pair of straighteners. And you can be fine. <laughs> You're on the road to recovery. That's it. Man, we should open up our own heroin. At, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? Street cat named Bob on the constant. <laughs> that one thing I did meant to, I, I did mean to mention is, do we get any like variation on the songs that he plays? Because he plays Silent Night at one point, and I was, I was actually James's songs are so awful. I was praying for him to break out the busking standard of Wonderwall. No, there was no Wonderwall, but they were so <laughs> generic that it was, they just went right through me. It's yeah. hard to have much of a collection of them because they were just totally bland and vanilla. I get this, like, vanilla, it's just like, mm, vanilla. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere in this film. It's just sort of like, plays it straight down the middle and never goes for completely edgy or completely sanitised. Uh, this will just do me in. Yeah. What I keep thinking about is the fact that it never really... It just sets right in the middle, doesn't go for one or the other, really. Yeah, you're right. I would like to see it just veer. Like, ideally, ideally, ideally they do both. Like, if one of us just had the safest, most sanitised half, and then the other one just had a really bleak, horrifying object, mm-hmm. the, the, the interest is in one extreme or the other, whereas we get this. So, as again, with the British Prestige film, it's just straight down the middle, safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fun, funded by the BFI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... The, the whole busking thing does eventually sort of come to an end, you might be surprised to know, because oh, really? um, he gets into some sort of fight and then he's told he's not allowed to busk. So then he gets a yeah, job it was going that way. at the big issue. Oh, and he starts Jesus. selling the big issue on the street and then he gets into some altercation with that and then he can't sell the big issue because apparently he was on somebody's turf. <laughs> uh, and it's because the whole selfie crowd, even when he goes over to the big issue, he's still got Bob. So yeah. like, he's stealing all the other people's territory and I, all their cash and all the rest yeah. of it. It's like, mate, you can't come into my territory like that. 
I, for- I wasn't selling them out. I wasn't selling Mate, I sold you. You fucking said it. <laughs> I forget that's in the trailer because he gets the picture for his big issue pass and he insists on Bob being in it, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, territory is a big... I guess it's the whole animal parallels of like marking your territory and so on. But territory is a big thing in the first one where we see... I have no idea where he lives, but Covent Garden has his patch. He's He's a hobo... But he treats it as if he has a nine to five. Yeah, like he's like, I have to it, be at Covent Garden. It is true. You know, it doesn't really. I didn't. They never mentioned an area where he lives. But like, when Bob does run away, he's running about. I don't know the area because of, um, because oh la di da. Because no, because there's a cinema in the background that I've not visited, <laughs> but I've wanted to visit. It's in Islington. Okay. Uh, which I which, see, which I think is if Monopoly is quite a nice area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cinema, the screen on the green. When he's looking for Bob, it appears in the background. And I went, oh, there's a screen on the green. That's an Islington. Oh, look, which they're showing seems to be, inside Louis Famous. Exactly. <laughs> which seems to be quite a nice area. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, no, the film never says exactly where it is, but it doesn't matter in the end because despite the busking going wrong, despite the big issue going wrong, he's still rescued by the publishing industry and the media who love his gap. Oh, this is so depressing. <laughs> I don't know if I can take and this then, anymore. Yeah, and then, he's, then it's in Waterstones and he's doing his book signings. Oh, wow. So it covers all that? Yeah, it goes all the way. I guess it, make, it, has to, it has to do that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But I'd love if it goes if it goes really meta and it starts with <laughs> a movie within a movie. <laughs> yeah, and just reverses on itself. And then and they get Bob. Ryan Gosling to play James <laughs> in the movie within the movie. And then he's got like Bob tattooed on his arm. It's like, <laughs> do not trust Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob is evil. <laughs> And Bob is, in, in the movie, within the movie, Bob is a CGI cat voiced by Bill Murray. Yeah. Is Bob not also the uh, the, anti- what, the antagonist's name in Twin Peaks? Is he not like the evil, is he not evil Bob or something? I have Twin Peaks, but Mate, I think right. yeah, oh. I waste too much time watching stuff like Street ah. Cat Named Bob. Watching half of stuff like Street <laughs> Cat Named Bob, but I could watch well, half Well, that was the thing. Peaks. This podcast is time-consuming because we can't come and do the podcast until the entire film has been seen yeah. by both of us so we have to get there and then the film's usually two, two and a half hours with the ads yeah. and then we get back here it's another half an hour in the podcast so this is like a good four or five hours to do we could be watching five hours this is the second and last ever episode as me and Kieran have reached an epiphany we're both going to go Shoot up some heroin and uh... <laughs> and see you later. Thank you for joining us on Trading Places. But no, essentially that is where the film ends. He gets his book deal and we're all happy and safe there. La di da. So uh, I suppose uh, before we head into the last line, I'll just ask my three questions. I did have more, but I'll try and pick out the best of them. Yeah, it's sorry, basic, uh, sixteen. Man, Jericho, you gotta bring yourself in, man. Yeah, yeah, it's just that's um, just like my opinion. I'm just a hedonistic. I'm bad. <laughs> if 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 we're to draw parallels, you're going to go off and live a great, clean life with a cat. I'm going to OD. No, like, <laughs> just... I have to admit straight up, being concise is not my strong point whatsoever. Which is probably not the thing to admit on the podcast, but. Mm. We're open, we're honest. Yeah, yeah, we, we shoot from the hip. People like Trump, they're going to like us. We call it as we see it. Man, good old Donald Trump. I'm so glad he's in the White House now. Yeah, I mean, uh, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Donald Trump. Mm, I can't sponsor, wait for that sponsorship to Sponsor of this yeah. podcast, uh-huh. yeah. Um, it's going to be great. Can't yeah. wait till we get that, get that one. <laughs> anyway, um, Build that wall. Answer, they're uh, sending their mice. They're not sending their jennies. They're not sending their mickeys. They're sending their criminals. They're rapists. And they're Mexicans. <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. He's the one they're sending. Anybody? <laughs> anyway, the questions. Where did Bob come from? 
he breaks in. Yeah, he he doesn't. I know. know. You, I know you mentioned he breaks in, but it's just a random point. He breaks in, and that's it. Just yeah, he just breaks in. Right. Like he tries to find. He tries to find his his original owner, and he takes him around. But then he sort of drops it, and people like go like, "Oh, he's yours." Like, right. yeah. So he just sort of finds him, adopts him, sort of. As, yeah, was it, was he it steals him. Was a it? little girl comes along, and goes, "That's my cat." <laughs> just after he's like, he's like, big, <laughs> and he kicks her. He's like, <laughs> <"Shut> <laughs> "Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess the next question is, I don't get the sense that this film started when he was much younger. Because no. there's a conversation at the end with Anthony Head, his dad, uh, <laughs> stammer, stammering again in the doorway. Hugh Grant, dad. Hugh Grant. Is it Hugh Grant? Yeah. Oh, well, right, I yeah. just think of Hugh Grant as being like the king of stammering. Okay, so... I bumped into my son. Hugh, yeah, Hugh Grant's dad stammering in the doorway again. And this is just about New Year. Or maybe it's a bit after when he's like properly clean. It was hard to uh, He's got strained hair, so we know he's we know he's yeah. definitely clean at that point. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says, "Dad, the last time I, you didn't see me high was when I was 11. And I was like, "Yeah, what the fuck?" That's that's mentioned. Like, like someone, because then I was thinking that maybe the film started earlier, like when he was in his teens or something. But I've, no, someone, no, he must be about twenty odd. He's got to be twenty. Yeah, yeah, twenty some. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that. That is mentioned because, like, someone asked him, like, "Oh, when's the last time you weren't high?" And mm-hmm. oh, when my parents were getting divorced. So I was like, you can extrapolate one of two things: either he was in his twenties when his parents got divorced and was a really sort of like weird child of divorce who just didn't deal with this at all. Which one are you ever going to live with? Well, neither, ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Or his parents got a di- got a divorce when he was a child, and he was and then on the because you had the, you were telling us a bit about the backstory where it's like dad went away to live for a while in Australia yeah. and he was there. So I'm trying to pinpoint it, pin piece it together. Like uh, mm. the, the the most logical things to me is that there was a divorce and his dad went away and he didn't see him for ages, which is why I said the last time he didn't see me when I was high was when I was eleven. So either that. So either he, his dad did go away and then a couple of years later he got into it or he just started doing heroin when he was 11. I think you could, yeah, I think <laughs> you could be right there because I think it's, I think it's, it's kind of, I think it's implied they all lived in Australia and were happy families. They then got divorced and the dad moved away to the UK, met Crooked Hillary, got married, started his new family. Became president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. um, and then like, I think it is implied Later, when he was a bit older, he tried to reconnect with his dad by moving in, by moving to the UK to be with his dad and his new family. And his dad was like, I don't want any anything to do with you. Goddamn um, junkie scum. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, that's harsh. Yeah, yeah. Well, his dad's just sort of like, a, 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 from what I saw, his dad's just like a wet blanket, isn't he? Very much. Crooked Hillary yeah. is the backbone. He's like, Luke, don't be friends with him. Don't, don't socialise with this, this man. I thought mm-hmm. Hillary was inclusive. I thought she was accepting and you know, all, all, all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, okay. Next question. Final <laughs> question. Uh, it's not actually really about the movie, but it was, I was more sitting there thinking because it ended quite soon, I thought, after I got in. And I was like, does the first person technically see more movie than the second person in this? Because the other person will see, like, I don't know, however long the credits are. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So is... the first person must see... More movie, I guess. I, yeah. I did think of that before, is, yeah, the because frequently, like, and the way that running times can vary sometimes, mm-hmm. like, about 10 minutes, like, depending on where you look it up, I did think that myself was, 
yeah, there's going to be some cases where someone will just get a load of credits instead of movie. Yeah, which if might you get be good. Really it might long be bad. credits. Yeah. Yeah. So I probably did see more movie than you. I think it sounds like you did. Yeah. Um, I suppose the only way you know is if maybe maybe you worked in a cinema and you took delivery of all the films <laughs> and then you were because it t- on on the films it tells you like when the credits appear so maybe then you could have it that way. Oh mm, hello! If only if only somebody worked in a cinema here. Uh, That's no. it. I will get a job <laughs> in a cinema. You've convinced me. I'm going to give up my homeless junky ways. <laughs> Find a job in the big issue and then leapfrog just in a- That's 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 a dream for us all. That, that is, is that dream. is that's yeah. the American dream. The American dream. Can't wait for it. I Trump mean, that's 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 gonna be everyone now. Everyone's <laughs> gonna get into that and Trump's gonna start his empire of cinemas. <laughs> All be called a I don't know T one Terminator or something. T T two Trump 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 cinemas. I do love the RNA Trump connections with the RNA replacing him on the apprentice. And I can I can see I can see them changing the whole you need to be bored in America to run for president mm. to allow army. I can see that happening. Really? It's less crazy than what <laughs> Well that's that is true actually, yeah. Of course we we had to absolutely end like by talking about Trump. It was inevitable. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna transition into Seamlessly. a podcast on American politics. But we're also which gonna... neither of us really know no, enough really. about to comprehensively discuss. But before we do that we're going to wrap this up by doing the segment we like to call The Last Line. The Last Line. Would you like to explain, Jennifer? So The Last Line is where I say the last line I heard and Kieran says the first line he heard. Or the other way. Yeah. If, if, yeah. I mean, Jericho and Kieran are sort of roles, aren't they? Like, Jericho's the early bird that gets the worm. Kieran's the one that comes in late, so like you don't have to be literal. About oh yeah, I'm here. always late. Like last week, I was yeah, yeah. I was so late yeah, for exactly. Inferno. Like, or indeed today, I was, I was so late I was so ashamed of myself. Yeah, <laughs> you really made a real. It's really, that's a real Kieran thing to do there. <laughs> so um, anyway, what was what was your last line in a street cat named Bob? My last line was when the Bob, uh, no, Jambo had just got a load of money for busking, and they went on a spending spree, and they were buying loads of food, and Jim James said to Bob, want some hot dogs? My first line was, someone call, <laughs> someone call an ambulance. <laughs> so, somebody, somebody's ate too many fucking hot dogs, I think. <laughs> I think, now, my theory there is that Bob is literally overdosed on hot dogs. <laughs> You know, I think he was, he was a homeless street cat as well. Yeah. So he saw those hot dogs straight off, and he went, right, I'm fucking eating all of these. Yeah, There's I'm a going for these. I don't know where I'm going to get these. I've been eating cornflakes before. <laughs> I'm not a level three vegan. Give me some meat. And there was ten hot dogs, and that's a lot for a cat. That is like a cat. That, he basically yeah, ate a, a cat's dog. weight. Okay. <laughs> the cat ate the dog, which I think there's symbolic, symbolic imagery in this. We were trying to work out what the symbolism was with cat and dog. We've got it now. So he's wolfing these hot dogs down, and he, he, he gets to maybe about the eighth hot dog out of ten. And then... He just he, he collapses, heart attack, heart attack for <laughs> the cat, and that's where someone called an ambulance. That was it. It was actually for Baz dying, but uh, my theory was that it was actually it couldn't be. Who knows? Yeah. Thirty seconds we didn't see during the swap over. My theory is, yep, yeah, hot dogs, cat overdeed, cat overdeed, cat overdeed on hot dogs. Overdeed could work. And it's then not... and then by the time I got in, they just replaced the cat. And as you said, there's seven cats. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, used to tell the little totally girl had got a new ginger cat by this point, and James just stole that one as well. <laughs> totally replaced all cats. And then castrated it himself because he's gone mad with power. <laughs> Okay, so my theory is because there was maybe, what, 30 seconds that went unmonitored 
and Reed hypothesised about whether Bob could speak. My theory is that Bob did actually speak in those 30 <laughs> seconds. He says to him, want some hot dogs? And Bob turns to him and says, yes, please, in a sort of like antichrist type manner. And the reason that the ambulance is there is because the cat fetishist lady sees that and she just faints. And she's like, someone call an ambulance. This lady's passed out. And Bob just never speaks again because he's seen what can happen. That is, that's a wild guess, but, you know, we'll, we will never know. We will never know. know. Well, you might know because are you not going to go and catch the catch the five o'clock showing so you can work out Bob's, <laughs> uh, not Bob, the gym's Antipodean ancestry? Uh, I think I might pass, actually. I think I might pass. Yeah, there's always a sequel for that. Yeah, the Terrence Malick sequel. <laughs> the Terrence Malick sequel. <laughs> Coming to you, cinemas, two thousand and thirty, twenty, four more years, four more years, four, four more years. years. <laughs> anyway, I've been Kieran Pesco. Thank you for listening. And I've been a street cat named Bob. <laughs> Thank see you, you, street cat week. named Bob. We'll see you. for our new section, Listener Correspondence. Hello! We are the neighbours below. Sorry about the letter, but yesterday we knocked at your door, but no one answered, even hearing people inside. As everybody, we need to rest because we work and study and at night we need calm. You have been waking a lot of noise for a few days. Something like up and down stairs really late at night or slash closed doors very strong, also late at night. We live in a community, and the only thing that we want to ask you is if you can make less noise during the night, and take, be more careful with the doors and the furniture, because we think that we have the kitchen above our room, and it's really hard to rest from 2200 with so much noise. Please think that we live below you, just that. Thank you. <laughs>